Our scripture reading today is from the gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter. Would you stand for the hearing of God's holy word? Now, after the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and he killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judah in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, it was a gift to me this week, on a week when I was preparing to preach a sermon on direction and guidance, uh, to have the opportunity to represent you uh, in a couple of different meetings with our new bishop. Uh, if you didn't read my uh, note to the congregation this week, please go to the website and do that and celebrate uh, God's blessing on our church. I was able to tell the story of how God has led and directed us through these last several years, some of the hardest years churches have ever had, uh, to places of great blessing and uh, fulfillment in ministry. And so it was a gift to me as I wrote this sermon. And thinking about how throughout all of our lives, we are giving or receiving direction. As parents, you're always giving direction to your children, aren't you? Do this. Don't do that. Don't ever even think about doing this, right? And that never changes in our life. 
We do that because why? You love your kids. They do love you, right? And what they want is to lead you to your best life, to your safest life, to the most meaningful life and most productive life that those we love can have. When I was a teenager and I would leave my house on Friday or Saturday night, my mama would say as I went out the door, Barry Earl, remember who you are. And I can tell you that guilt really worked because here I am almost 45 and, and I'm still living that way. So remember who you are. My friend Steve, who I've known my whole life, I had the honor of doing his mother's uh, funeral uh, this past year. When we would leave his house, if he and I were going out to pick up some girls for a double date, she would say as we went out the door, you boys don't get married till you have to. Not a good choice of words, but we got the point, right? I've shared with you, some of you, the story of my friend, the other Barry, who was a pastor colleague and dear friend to me in Louisiana. When he was in high school, his high school counselor called him in and told him that he wasn't college material, don't waste his time. And so he didn't go to school. And later in life, he felt called to the ministry. And so he took his wife and his newborn baby and relocated and went to college where he made a 4.0 <laughs> and got a scholarship to seminary where he made all A's again and went on to be one of the best pastors I've ever known for as long as he lived. It matters whose direction and whose guidance we listen Sometimes that guidance is about a specific physical destination. When I was a boy, where I grew up, directions might sound like this. Go up there to the blacktop. That was the paved road. We didn't live on paved road. Go up to the blacktop, turn left. Go down to where the old Smith place used to be. Then slow down when you get to where, right? Great directions if you already know where you're going, right? But sometimes we don't know where we're going. And directions matter. Well, in today's story from Matthew's Gospel, we hear the story of three dreams that Joseph has where God gives direction and guidance to he and Mary, both about who they should be and how they should live and where they should go. The story's not that familiar, and when you listen to Milton read it, you know why. <laughs> it's a dark story, and it's a frightening story, and a strange story. But it does teach us something about how God guides and directs and the importance of our responding and following God's direction in our life. It picks up with the wise men visiting the baby Jesus and then they're warned in a dream, don't go back to Herod, you can't trust that guy. And so they go home by another way and that's where we stop the Christmas story. But for Matthew, these dreams that follow 
are just as important as those dreams that started the story of the announcement of John the Baptist, the announcement of Jesus' birth. These stories are just as important to Matthew in carrying the story forward of God's saving work in the world. Joseph has a dream. You need to get to Egypt to save baby Jesus' life. And Joseph gets up right then in the middle of the night and heads out into the darkness with his little family to Egypt, a place no doubt they have never been. They are refugees on their way, dependent and at the mercy of the kindness of strangers. And they make it. And they stay there until Joseph has another dream where God says, Herod's gone. It's time to go back home. And once again, Joseph right then gets up in the darkness and takes Mary and Jesus and heads back to Israel. As they get closer to home, they catch up on the news and they hear that though Herod is gone, his son rules in his place and his son, unfortunately, is a chip off the old block. And Joseph gets anxious and Joseph gets fearful. And in that anxiety, God comes to him in a third dream. And he says, don't go all the way back. Stop in Galilee. And once again, for the third time, Joseph hears God's direction and he follows it. And so they end up in a little nowhere town called Nazareth. Exactly where they needed to be for the rest of the story to unfold. It's amazing. He settles right where they are supposed to be for the story of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world to play out for the good of all creation. Isn't that fascinating? And Matthew was not just teaching people that God was at work in the life of Joseph and Mary and giving guidance. Matthew was trying to teach the disciples of his day and the disciples of our day that God is still at work in our lives, leading us and guiding us guiding us to where we should be and to what we should do. And even though it's not always clear to us, we know this, that it matters who we listen to for guidance and direction. And if it matters in the case of getting to an appointment on time or to a friend's house on time or to an event or airport, how much more does it matter? that we listen and follow the direction of God when it speaks to who we are? How much more important is it to have direction and guidance when it comes to finding that path that will lead us closer to God? That's what Matthew is talking about 
in telling these stories. If you think about it, I can't imagine two people that needed more direction and guidance than Mary and Joseph. <laughs> the announcement of that unplanned pregnancy and what that did to their reputations and their plans. But God gave direction and they followed. All this strange stuff with angels and shepherds and wise men, they don't know what to do with that, but God gave direction and they followed. The vicious, violent hatred of Herod, but God gave direction and they followed. The path was not direct, was it? to say the least. It wasn't straight. It wasn't clean and neat. And it wasn't quick and easy. Matthew is trying to tell us that it sometimes takes a circuitous route for us to end up where God wants us to be. It's not always a straight line. You might know this old Shaker hymn. It's a great hymn. It's called, Tis the Gift to be Simple. Anybody know that song? The first verse, the first half of the first verse says, Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where you ought to be. That's what Matthew's talking about. Through following God's direction, Mary and Joseph came down right where they were supposed to be. And because of that, God's love for all the world was made known. Jesus was raised by two people who understood what it meant to listen for God's direction and to follow. Jesus was raised by two people who was faithful to God even when it was hard Mary and Joseph loved God even when God asked so much of them. I don't think it's a coincidence those are the kinds of people that raised Jesus. They knew what it was like to follow the direction. So we might read that and say, well, that's all good and that makes sense, but what about us? God's not using us for something like raising the Messiah or bringing something to the whole world. But it does matter. The rest of that verse of that Shaker hymn, tis a gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where you ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be the land of joy and delight. For us to have the joy God wants us to have in our life, to have the purpose God wants us to have, we too, like Mary and Joseph, have to follow God's direction. And when we do, when we're on our way to that place God is leading us, we are free from the bondage of the world. We don't have to look at each other the way the world looks at people. We don't have to tear each other down to make ourselves feel good. We're free to enjoy the blessings 
of God that come into our life and into the world and into our church and into the lives of other people. We're free from all the things that hold us back from living that life that Jesus called abundant life. That's the goal, isn't it, for us all? Because when we get there and we live like that, God transforms us into people of love. And through us, guess what? God's still making God's love for all the world known. Through us, people still come to know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.